0: IBM calls this a personal computer and says a person can afford it, yet it's over $1,500. Apple says computing is a revolution that can't be missed, but at $1,530, you could miss it. Atari says computers are now within reach. Well, the Commodore 64 has more built-in memory than the others, and it's under $600. So, while everyone else talks about the revolution that's coming, you can experience the revolution that's here. You could miss it. You could miss it. You could miss it. Eh. You could make it.
1: <laughs> Hello, greetings, and welcome to Play Retro. I am your host, Scott Johnson, and I'd like to go to line four and ask how hard is your hat, Mac?
0: And I'm your other host, Brian Dunaway. And I say, let them load quoted star, comma, eight, comma, one, return, run, return, and wait three minutes before gaming. You so basic, 2-0. Oh, man. So
1: basic. Why are you so basic?
0: Why are you so basic, 2-0? Yeah, what's up with that? Why are you so
1: basic? Uh, Today's big discussion, of course, Commodore 64 and what we think are the definitive list of top games. They're going to have some differing opinions out there. We are excited to hear... Your thoughts on what you liked or didn't like, but we've got quite the lineup today. Before we get to all of that, a couple of quick things. Uh, things. I had a question for you. What was the oh, last we we were playing a lot of retro games lately? Obviously for the show every week, filled with it. You're streaming them at night, blah blah blah, right? <laughs> and
0: it got me to thinking. Know your day to day life.
1: What <laughs> it got me to thinking. When is the last? What is the last retro title that you started yeah. and finished? Like. Played oh my. from the beginning all the way to the end, whatever the end is, credits, whatever, done. What was it?
0: Do you remember? Wow. Um. Yeah, I'm thinking really hard. I cannot think of anything. I was trying to think of something like, uh, like Pac-Man. Mm. <laughs> I went as yep. far as you can go. As far as you I've can go. I've went in Pac-Man. Um, yeah, I can't think of anything because a lot of our retro games um don't necessarily if they're not story driven like i didn't finish uh, uh the uh soul reaver which I'm, I'm still wanting to do oh yeah you told me uh, you were gonna try to, to beat that thing, yeah, but, yeah i'm still i still want to but it's just it just seems like uh it seems like retro games keep coming they yeah it's almost
1: that. as bad as modern gaming there's just something new all the time but i will now yeah. be able to tell and announce to the world i beat a retro game last Ooh, week you be? what i finished drill dozer on the game boy advance
0: Oh, look, on the Game Boy. So did you do that through emulation on the Steam or did All you do emulation. it on...
1: All emulation. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. It's a game I didn't even know existed until recently and it uh, was late. Um, I think i talked about it on the show a little bit, but it was a late yeah. uh, to the generation game that came out of nowhere. Nintendo published it and it was made by the folks who made, I think, most of the mainline Pokemon games. Right. Um, anyway, it is... Fantastic, top to bottom. Gets kind of difficult toward the end, but in a good way. And uh, I loved Drill Dozer, so look it up, check it out. Drill Dozer was rad. If you want
0: to, if you want a game that'll keep you totally hooked and you'll finish, right? That might be the Plus one. Plus, got it's got the best name and they it is so great that even deep rock galactic used it as the name of their uh one of their little dozers yeah the drill, drill dozer. dozer the drill dozer
1: yeah. uh it's rock and stone i freaking love those guys stone. that's a so good video game yeah i it's can't amazing. wait for that to become retro
0: so we can talk about it
1: you know what, you know what that game's good on <laughs> the, the steam deck plays that game real good
0: oh no kidding yeah no get out of here yeah. no kidding yeah
1: real well like perfectly well like I like it as good as anything I played on a computer. I'm playing it on my Steam Deck. It's well, fantastic. Certified Duh. functionality, works wonderfully. Multiplayer, voiceover, all of it. It's all good. Bim, bam, boom. Uh, but that's also where I played Dildozer. Drill- dildo- D- I knew
0: you drill- would have to. You, you almost can't help it. Yeah. It's definitely going to be a Dildozer.
1: Dildozer. I'm going to start calling people yeah. that. You Dildozer. Get away from me, Dildozer. You Dildozer. It's a pretty Stop good.
0: Stop Dildozing me. It's a pretty good name. <laughs> It sounds you know it's yeah. Beavis and go-heady kind of a little bit. It's it's definitely a name of a adult product. You know it's got to be. Don't look it up.
1: Don't look it up. Nobody do that. But Drill Dozer on GBA, available nowhere <laughs> unless you uh, emulate it. And I loved it, and I beat it, and I felt good about it. Uh, so go check that out. Hey, Brian, speaking of old games, the Atari 600XL, I wonder what that has to do with your life this week. Hmm.
0: Oh, hi. So uh, one of our wonderful listeners, Matt, sent me in very short order after talking recently about my experience with my Commodore 64 and my C16 failing on me, uh, made a very generous offer of sending me their childhood Atari 600XL, and I am holding it right now. It came very fast. I appreciate it so much, Matt. And I can't wait to, to fire this guy up. I don't know if you ever saw one of these back in the days, but it's it's, it's basically, well, it, is, it runs BASIC. It runs it runs just like you would expect. Well, wait, that what time. what goes in the cartridge hole?
1: Twenty six hundred
0: games or oh, what? you got you got yep, you know, that's what I used to think. And this is what's so great about actually holding this hardware in your hands, because I've seen pictures of this plenty of times before. But if you look at the carts, they're little tiny mini carts. They're they're smaller, yeah, much smaller than the twenty six hundred. That's carts. about the size it of
1: is, uh the, not so thickness, cute. but height and width. That's about the same size of a Game Gear game. It's pretty
0: good. Right, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. Game Gear. It's, it's a, probably a little thicker than a Game Gear game, but it's, you're, you're not wrong. It's, it's kind of in that in that area. But I got River Raid. I got the Frogger. Look how cute this Frogger is. It looks like the bigger one. What a little tiny a little frogger. Right up here in the cart. You got a little frogger there. And I could, like I said, I couldn't be more excited about this. Also, it comes with the pilot programming language, which yeah. I'm pretty excited about uh, doing. I don't know if you know, but back in the day, I used to love uh, where I got my programming start. And kind of what I still do uh, today is my day job is I do programming. And part of that was uh, thanks to learning basic. Thanks a lot, Bill Gates, uh, from uh, the Commodore 64 in machines like these. Look at this. I got a Zaxxon, too. Look at that. Ooh, see? It's that not sexy so
1: look there's a game gear game about the same size not thick it's obviously thinner right but yeah
0: obviously yeah but it's about the same size you're right it's not far off yeah now go ahead no go ahead oh continue I was going to say he also sent uh, Matt also sent me this little tape drives here. I'm very excited about hitting load in in my basic command line and then waiting uh, and then pressing play. Actually, you press play first, right? Or you do? I can't remember which the which the which way it goes. I don't remember. But you got it. Yeah. It's a long time. Oh ago. yeah, but you gotta you gotta you gotta load it up from the screen and uh you hit play on the tape recorder and it starts uh it starts your little loading game. If you've ever pulled one of those tapes into uh if ever pull one of those tapes into um a uh like a play, tape player is it's like uh, what it's actually like happens? You just get a mat.
1: bunch of weird sounds, is that what happens?
0: Yeah. That was like that's how
1: the PlayStation disc sounds worked. Like-
0: it sounds like data.
1: Yeah, it is data. Literally data. That's how that's how track 1 on all the PlayStation 1 discs right. worked in your car. It was track 1 would just make horrible static noise. It was great. Yep. It's fantastic. It also
0: comes, he also sent some uh, some nice little uh, uh, magazines and books and stuff. I get to be an Atari 400, 800, 600 student pilot. I'm pretty <laughs> excited about all what this. Is the, all the who did stuff, the art man. on that thing? What cover is that? I That's don't know. It's very horrible. much. It, it very much reminds me of uh, somebody. It, I, I couldn't figure out. It reminds me of Sesame Street stuff. And I don't know if they actually credited uh, the individual. But here inside, you get more of the same guy's artwork. And I'll have to take a look at that. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's, 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 looks it's bad. pretty sweet. It looks bad. I like it. Bad, in a, it bad in a good way. Bad in a good way. Yeah. I like as a pilot and I guess you're the turtle learning how to learn stuff. Thanks <laughs> yeah. a lot. Yeah. You're Thanks a turtle. A lot, Atari. You're like a little
1: turtle shell po- or turtle head poking out. That's what you are.
0: Po- oh, and by the way, if you've ever been curious what happens when we get donations, first of all, thank you guys. Everybody's who donated, uh, you know, equipment to the, uh, play retro, uh, a museum of sorts. I always, when I get these things, I clean them up real quick mm-hmm. and then I stick them in these nice little containers to keep any moisture and stuff off of them. Uh, and I usually just pick these up. These are little stir lights. I think this is like a 32 quart. I usually like to put something this big uh, in these larger boxes. And yeah, they keep cheap. them all safe really and cheap. dry. And uh, so. You just get those at Walmart, right? Buy a whole
1: stack of ten of them at Walmart for like yeah, you twelve bucks can, yeah. or
0: something. Yeah. I, you can get them at Walmart. Amazon's a little more expensive for some reason. I don't know if Sterilite has like a, a major deal with them. There's probably other brands too, but I've just I found good lids and I like the fact that they're clear so I can see what's in them so I can quickly uh get to them. So yeah, that's awesome. Ad it. Nice. Yes. That's how you should do oh, it. Take oh. care of your stuff. Yes. I didn't mention also Matt was nice enough also has been listening obviously been listening thank you Matt uh sent me a Raspberry Pi 4.
1: Oh, a Raspberry
0: Pi 4. What are
1: you going to yeah, do with that you're going to load that up and go for the, some kind of retro
0: pi business or what? What are you I do? am. I have an old Retro Pi 3 um but this new one I'm going to be able to put in uh my new case that I've been trying I've been looking desperately for Raspberry Pi 4. Now I have it for my case. It is a uh, Famicom look-alike, so it looks like it uh, looks like a little Famicom mini, and I'm going to probably load up some Famicom games on it. So I'm pretty
1: the chip excited. shortage is looking good. Uh, way more. It's, in fact, there might be a glut coming. So
0: I think those yeah. those fours are going to be a little more easy to get coming in the next few months. Ooh, so watch I don't that. know. There's such a backlog because I was looking and I was I've, I have my name on the list for I think I've been on the list for about maybe eight months or so because I yeah. started looking at the it's coming. Maybe though. it was even longer than that. I started coming. looking into the last year, or so you'll,
1: you'll get it. The, um, the, all of the major chip manufacturers yeah. are like, "Oh, slow down! We got a glut coming. Everybody, ch- chill for a second. Yeah. We know we were oh, at a shortage, sure. but now we're gonna have a glut. So don't make so many."
0: So I'm we'll feeling see. pretty good about my two pre-orders. I ordered. I had. Uh, I ordered the uh, Genesis Mini Two, which is the Mega Drive Two. Yeah, the uh, Japanese Mini one, from- though, right? I ordered the one from the Japanese Amazon store. I pre-ordered it. And I also yeah. ordered one when they released uh, the Japanese. All the all the Sega Genesis are being uh, manufactured in Japan and being shipped from Japan. So uh, I ordered it from the American store as well, Amazon. But it is coming from Japan as well. But it will be branded a little bit differently. So I'm going to get both of those. And uh, I'm glad I did pre-order them because there's been recent talk about uh, it really... Being in limited supply, which we kind of suspected, but yeah, it's official now. So, one hundred
1: and four, we'll sorry, one hundred and five uh, twenty three is what you are going to pay here for this.
0: Yeah, I think I paid. Well, the I think I paid one twenty something after shipping from the uh, Amazon store, and I think I paid just about that on the um, on the US store, free shipping. But it was a little higher, so yeah.
1: Wow! If you want it on November first, you are going to pay twenty one extra bucks.
0: I think that's what I paid because I wanted it as quick as I could get it. Oh,
1: man. I need to put this on my – at the very least, I need to get it on my freaking uh, wish list. Things are a yeah. little tight at the moment, so I can't buy it, it right is. out. But I'm going to
0: hit wish well, list. Well, if you pre-order from Amazon, you don't pay for it until it ships. I mean, of course, that's also got to consider. Will you have the money then? I don't know. Yeah. but well, you, I'll uh, have it. Yeah. It's just a matter of priorities. i got to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know yeah. yet. Well, I, I mean, do want I it, though. When I say have the money, I mean your Play Retro budget yeah, money. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. we do. That's how we buy all this stuff—is from our patron supporters and people who send us stuff. Yeah, that's
1: that's how that's that's how how we afford it. Uh, The six-button controller is something I really want on that thing, so I'm very excited
0: about that. Oh yeah, super excited.
1: Uh, Well, anyway, a lot going on, but it's time for us to dig deep into C64 territory, and we do that by starting with this. Shall we play a game? Sure, why not? Why don't we play a few games? So there's a gigantic library of games for the Commodore 64. It's kind of uh, unending, this list. It's huge. Yes. And there's a huge bunch of garbage games for it. Terrible, awful, buy it on a five and a quarter inch floppy garbage poo-poo game. Those exist in large <laughs> amounts, okay? Okay. That's how it was back then. If you had an Apple II, Apple IIe, you had a Commodore, you had early Amiga, you had you know Atari uh, stuff. There were a lot of trash, garbage, poo poo games in the
0: early yeah, early days, and that helped that helped the video game crash that came uh, pretty early on. I mean, after I mean, when you think about forty years of Commodore sixty four, it was in uh, nineteen eighty two when it started. And by the time we were in 1984 we were already seeing you know pretty much the crash so yeah, yeah the, the, the glut of games that yeah, we that were was. we were
1: there uh and yeah. there was there was no getting around you know the glut Quality the glut happened. Control. yeah the, the glut happened, but also good stuff happened, things happened, games were made, and we went, oh, okay, this is cool. I'll think fondly on this in 38 years, however what's it been 40? <laughs> 40 years, my friend. 2022 came out in 1982. That's crazy. That's just, I know. I love it. How was that
0: 40 years ago? It's mid, it's mid. The uh, the Commodore 64 is now middle aged. It (laughs) is, it it is, it has hit the hill and it is heading down, baby. It's got weird
1: aches it can't explain. It doesn't know what to do (laughs) about any of this. Uh, Yeah. So the Commodore 64 was a big deal at the time. These are our top picks that we're going to talk
0: about today. All right. Yeah. Not your top picks. I've heard from plenty of people. I, and I want to hear after the show too. play retro show at gmail.com or just hit us up on Twitter, play retro show. We, we definitely want to hear your top picks. It's not gonna be the last time we're going to, this is not the definitive Commodore 64 top five pick of all time. This is our top pick. Yeah. And I I want to hear yours. Yes. Now
1: everybody and their dog said you got to have Turrican on here and they're right. Yeah, you do. You need Turrican on here. Uh, I really like Turrican. I think Turrican's awesome. My only problem with Turrican is it's
0: hard to play it now. <laughs> it's it's balls hard then and is still balls hard now.
1: Yeah, really hard, but not just balls hard like balls are falling <laughs> off and are you know corroding hard. It's hard, and it also right. just like some so- of the like scrolling technology they were using at the time to have the screen scroll, which at the time yeah. very impressive uh, today right. just feels
0: blah, wonky. It's hard yeah, to explain. Well, this is We're talking about 8-bit computing, and this was 1990 when Turrican came out. Uh, it was a Contra meets Gunstar Hero kind of hard, where you're running and gunning, side-scrolling, and uh, trying to avoid many, many enemies. And... It's very floaty, but it, for you know, it's kind of like as you're supposed to be in in space or like a planet with different gravity. So you can kind of like spell it away, kind of go, oh, it's okay, mm-hmm. you know, it's just different gravity. But I'm with you; it's very floaty, mm-hmm. and there's a little bit of uh, there's a lot, not just a little bit. You know, uh, Nintendo discovered early on; they're like, oh. With the 3D stuff that we're doing when they got to the N64, they mm-hmm. started cheating mm-hmm. for the user because to try to jump from one point to the next, mm-hmm. people are failing a lot when you use real physics. So they had to like kind of go, okay, close enough, we'll pull you over. Yeah. This does the same thing. It will, uh, if you get close enough to an edge of something, it'll pull you over. And yeah, so it makes cheat. it feel real floaty and inconsistent.
1: Yeah, uh, it just feels like to me, I, I played a bunch of this this week. And but, it, and it just felt like I don't know I felt like I was playing in changing gravity not low gravity yeah, the gravity yeah, that yeah. was constantly fluctuating that's,
0: and it drove that's me the nuts pulling. yeah yeah that's, that's the, the pulling effect that's happening that's trying to uh, get you to because the, platform, the platforming is 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 pretty brutal in itself uh, but it's not meant to be the part that's hard the part that's hard is the ongoing onslaught of enemies who are coming at you um, and the, and just the damage they can create uh, but. Yeah, I, I can totally see that. But once I got into the groove and set myself back to it, because Turrican's one of those games where you got to, the, the, if you can get through 15 minutes of it, you'll adjust, you'll acclimate, and then you'll start having fun. But yeah, picking it up right away, even back in the day, it was the same thing. I mean, a lot of players would pick it up and go, no, mm, no. Mm, mm, mm,
1: mm, well, mm, you know mm, what converted yeah. a lot of people right away is this. Listen to this amazing intro. Check this out.
0: Welcome to Turrican. Be my guest. Another
1: day, another try.
0: But remember, shoot or die.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's that's
0: that's just epic and awesome. Look listen to the Sid chip in that Commodore 64. That was even even the game plan, listen. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's so much. There, there was so much going on here that I would say, I don't know, made consoles sound like garbage. Like it was really it advanced. Did. Yeah,
0: that it was super advanced. You got to remember, this is the same chip that was in from you know day one shipping. This wasn't like in nineteen ninety nine, like nineteen ninety, you got like an upgrade or something. This was hardware that was there from the beginning. It's called the SID chip, and it was designed uh, by. It was designed. To sound more like um, uh, like uh, uh, keyboards, you know, it, it was it was musical in design. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just like, can we make some beeps and boops? They wanted something that sounded like a synthesizer. Yeah, and they did it.
1: Yeah, they did, and they did it early, and it hung around forever, and it still rivaled yeah. other stuff on the market that came out way later. Uh, it was amazing. Like I, you know. Like the Genesis chip had no right to be as shitty sounding as it was. <laughs> they, they, had time. <laughs> it's really not good. No, it's bad. They could have really. I don't know. This thing, uh, this thing just proved a lot. And at the time, I remember them saying, "Well, it's because it's a computer. It's much more hardware than a than your average, uh, uh, yeah. you know, console, the size of a handheld or whatever." But when you introduce your game, the very first effing thing you hear is this.
0: <laughs> that guy going, Brah,
1: gonna yeah. get on your freaking shooter die. Brrah.
0: I mean, it made my day. Yeah. This Love is that. 1990 when this came out, and most of us were probably running our Commodore 64s on our TVs. And this is the CRT era, and it was near the end of the CRT era. CRT era and uh, well, not really. Near, not really. It was, it was at the height. It was probably the, at height. the, the yeah, height. That's of it. fair. Yeah. And so you had some of the best speakers in these big boxes because they just, they just sounded so good. Yeah. And so, man, yeah, you, know, you put those two things together. I mean, you were blowing people's pants off.
1: Yeah. What'd you think of the the weird little um, laser weapon that was almost impossible to control?
0: <laughs> the, right. The, okay. So you got your power-ups in, in and That's, yeah. that's a huge big up for this game. Yeah. Uh, and so you have to know how to, how to, You have to know how to get everything working, and one of the things you do, you got like a, you got a a a pistol, a laser that you just can shoot. But if you hold it down long enough, you get this Castlevania style whip thing. Mm -hmm. You you remember, remember the whip in Castlevania? How I forget which one it was, but the uh, whichever one it is that you can whip the, you can whip it around and stuff. You kind of get that effect where you can like you can circle around yourself with like a clock hand.
1: Third, not third one. What was it called? The sequel. uh, What's his name's? simon's quest i think that happened. castlevania
0: 4 out. i knew Tondagosa gosa would know you know castlevania
1: okay. yeah, well, four Tonda, was Tonda a no it was called super
0: Cow- oh, shit where did that end up where was that game I don't that's remember. a good question i don't remember. but i'll tell you what let me tell you what i did do this tell is how what. i played this game yeah this week oh i played it with my commodore 64 mini uh, the the controller that came with it, which was you know, it was a fairly popular uh, controller style back in the day when the Commodore 64 is, was out. I didn't play very much Turrican back in the day. Once again, I was not into hardcore games. I wasn't into that kind of thing uh, back then, except at the arcade. I liked I liked my physicality of the games at the arcade, but when I was at home just wanted to chill out. Mm. And so this was not one that I played very much of. I was aware of it, but I didn't play very much of it. So uh, but- side
1: side note, my dad and like you said you had a Commodore 64, in my household we had yeah. an Apple 2e. Those were kind of your two big choices for home computers yes. at the time or a couple of them anyway. They were popular. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that version of or that device had a lot of great games on it, many of which were also on the Commodore. But the versions on the oh, 64 yeah. were so much cooler, sounded so much better. Like it was just superior hardware in every way yeah. for games, anyway. But here's the other problem right. it wouldn't have mattered if I had a C64 because my dad was weird about it. He, he would say, Okay, we're buying these joysticks, but don't use them, they'll wear them out. Like, well, Dad,
0: why why get joysticks
1: if we're just going to wear them out? Well, that's how you you know, don't use that computer too much either. You're just going to wear that or that uh, keyboard. (laughs) Don't wear that keyboard out. Like, Dad, you have to use the keyboard to type stuff. I know, but don't use it too much.
0: Like, (laughs) use it too much. Stop hitting the key so hard. How much is a replacement
1: keyboard? Was it four thousand dollars or something? Because my gosh, he was so cheap about it, (laughs) drove us crazy. So it wouldn't have been good,
0: though. I get it, and you'll you'll know why, especially if, if you, I don't, did he allow you to get any of the, uh, the, epics games uh, later on like oh my god those were those were murder on, on joysticks and surprised if you could even look at those oh, because they remember. were murder. this I just wasn't remember, too bad turkey wasn't him, too bad he was
1: worried that the paddles that we were going to ruin the paddles and that we were going to wreck right. the keyboards because those were your two main inputs and so we barely right, played right. or if i played games is when he's out of town or something it's like, oh, dad's not here? Sweet. I'm going to play until my hands go numb, and who cares what
0: happens, and I'll just explain it when he gets home if something breaks. Right.
1: Nothing ever broke. It was all fine. Yeah.
0: He was just cheap. Now, Manfred, Manfred Trends, who is the guy who did this Turrican, uh, started out on programming in BASIC, and then he learned assembly language, and he started making a lot of really cool games, mostly rip-offs, just like everybody was doing in the early 80s, mm-hmm. of other games. And then uh, he slowly started finding his own way. And I think that really culminated here into the, uh, to the Turk and in the Turk, Turk and in a, a lot
1: of ways, you know, for, for people that had consoles, maybe an NES or something. Uh, yeah. like I said, it have been a year later though.
0: What? Like yeah, I'm trying, it to wasn't f- too much longer. They, it came out for the 64 first, I believe. And then it was shortly thereafter went to, you know, the yeah, Apple. But and I didn't, I
1: it did but didn't he consoles. play or didn't, sorry, not he, uh, didn't, when did Mega Man first hit? What year was it? Me- the original
0: Mega oh, wait, Man. Because uh, a lot of ways, Turrican is basically
1: 80s? a Mega Man game in a lot of ways.
0: When was it? We, we just know, we just did Mega remember. Man. Recently. It not like it was like later in the 80s than we thought.
1: Yeah. So maybe Turrican was ahead of everybody else instead of the opposite thing you usually think of you know maybe it was Yeah, it definitely
0: it borrowed from other games like gunstar heroes and you know yeah but gunstar
1: gunstar heroes didn't happen until genesis like 96 or something that's that's was it that late
0: oh wow okay then maybe i'm wrong but anyway that's what i'm saying i think
1: turk should get more credit i think maybe in a lot of ways
0: it started it all you know if you want to f- if you want to fight man, let me tell you something about the Commodore 64 era. Everybody thinks that the you know the Sega Genesis versus, you know, the the Super Nintendo and all that stuff was the worst. the battle was all that. but early early 80s, mid 80s, mm-hmm. it was a lot of fighting about uh, the Commodore 64 games, the Apple games and specifically like, you know, stuff like you either loved Turrican or you were not really into that and uh, oh yeah, I the They'll fight you. They'll, well, they'll fight you. No, they'll cut no, you. They'll, you cut say, they'll sucks. fight
1: you and cut you. Uh, Turrican <laughs> is, a, is beloved. Now, I'd like to tell you, fine folks, about a game that sounds a little like this. Give it a sec. It gets going. Here we go.
0: Oh, I love it.
1: Now, if you don't know what this is, it's a little game called International Karate.
0: <laughs> yes. And this is not inter- international. It's not IK plus, even no. though that's what most people love the most. I played more of international karate. So that's the reason why I made on the
1: list. I remember it. And I remember it yeah. thinking this is my friend's house. He had a C64. And I remember seeing this game and going, are you kidding me? This is amazing. Yeah. Like, what the crap? Look at these fighters. There's so much animation. They're kicking the shit out of each other. It also was like skill based and not button mashy. So you had to time mm-hmm. your kicks and your punches and your blocks. And uh, you jump around these different locations, have a tournament right out in front of the Statue of Liberty for some reason. Uh, the Twin Towers are back there still; you can see those. Yeah, um, but but this like amazing tactical fighter. Uh, this was a huge hit for a lot of people, yeah. and it was like, "Hey, Capcom in the arcades, f off! We got this." Right.
0: <laughs> we yeah, got I know. This. Now they 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 got a little bit of crap. Uh, they got accused of being a karate champ ripoff. Yeah, yeah, I could see it, sure. but. It was, you know, it was decided that, yeah, you don't own karate. You no. can't just, you know, uh, the the karate matches and, you know, giving points to uh, karate, you know, th- th- you can't you can't trademark that. You can trademark a name. Uh, you can trademark certain technologies, but you can't trademark a sport like no. that. No,
1: Unless it was like straight up code ripoff. I don't think you can make the argument. No. like no. Back then, though, this is Wild West. Nobody knew what to say about who copied what or who inspired what you know video games now they use all kinds of uh, uh, mechanics and stuff from different games and once in a while you have a weird thing like um, the shadow of mordor game had that nemesis system in it and they copyrighted that or trademarked it and that's why you don't see it anywhere because it's in legal mush town trying to get your game made with something that's even remotely like it people get away with it but
0: you have to I'm be careful. I'm surprised they could do it. It's very generalized with the Nemesis system. Basically, what you're saying it's this, it's an old story trope. I mean, yeah. There's a there's a revenge. I mean, it, come me, on. I mean, to me, I don't think you should be able
1: to do it. I think it's like movies. Like yeah. even with movie names, they don't let you do it. There's 15 movies called Traffic. <laughs> Why yeah. or Crash? Yeah, it's like well, yeah, yeah, because if you copyrighted Crash, no one could ever use it again. You severely limit the creativity. I think get, yeah. video games have slowly gotten to the place where that's also still true it's just that with code because it's so uh, what's the word it's permanent and kind of doesn't vary right. or degrade it's code right right so right. you f- so people feel like well no we should copy or we should lock that down as if it's ours because it's code but right. i think we're finally getting to the place where video games are just more fluid and you know systems in yeah. terms of gameplay yeah. you know they don't need to worry about that shit
0: just yeah, I think artistic, you know, there, there's 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 mechanical parts of a program, and then there's artistic parts and artistic expression. And artistic expression is usually a reflection of culture, and it's in all of us. And so uh, as long as you're not, like, directly copying a character specifically, then, you know, I think, you know, th- defining human nature. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. You can't copyright that or how people play karate and in mm-hmm. international karate. I love the crap out of it because it was the most satisfying game you could play because there wasn't like it wasn't like what we got from Mortal Kombat and games later on where it's like you got a bunch of punches, you know, and you gotta you gotta do all this other stuff. But instead, you would you would just land the perfect punch. Yeah. And I love yeah. land. It was so satisfying to flip over your opponent and then once you figured it out the timing, turn around and punch him in the back of the head. Yeah. And you'd get you know bro points, and that was the, it. Was just the most satisfying feeling. But I was really jealous because I had international karate, but my friend had an Apple II and he had Karatika.
1: Yeah, Karatika was the and bomb, dude. That game rocked.
0: It, that was an amazing game. Uh, what the developer's name? Did Prince of Persia? Don't well, remember. But, he, but oh it's my amazing. god, the the animations on that thing. Yeah. The mood. I loved it. I even loved the momentum of it because when you would walk. And you would, uh, you would, you would try to stop. It would like keep going for a minute or two, like mm-hmm. it, like I'm not a minute or two, but like I, like so many sure. seconds or whatever. Sure. And uh, but it was so good. But I had international karate, and I'm like, suck it, come over and play some arcading.
1: Jordan Mechner me says the chat is that right? Jordan
0: Mechner. That's it. That sounds right. Jordan Mechner. Uh, real right.
1: quick, there's I was just listening to an interview about this. The the Jordan Mechner, uh, legacy sort of continues on because you had Karatika, then Prince of Persia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then eventually Prince of Persia: Sands of Time and the kind of newer take on Prince of Persia, yeah. and then you get the entire Assassin's Creed series is basically yeah. a spiritual successor to that. It's what it all came out of. So still to this day, those primordial bits are in yeah. uh, modern games, and I love that.
0: Really McNer needs his own episode. There's a couple of developers that I've been learning more and more about. We're going to talk about David Crane again a little bit, and I'm telling you, man, we we may have to get to a point where we have to have a whole episode about just certain developers and how they changed everything.
1: Well, who made uh, oh, what's the name of the damn game Brian loves so much? Dunaway. Hold on, Ibitz. Me? No, Ibbet, oh, Ibitz. Uh, Temp- Tempest. Oh, That's he loves of Tempest. Uh, The dude, oh, the Tempest. dude, yeah. what made Tempest is like a lord in gaming yes. circles. Um, I can't think of his frickin' name. Hold on. Uh, Lord <laughs> Featherbottom. This isn't it. <laughs> Is that Jeff it. Minter? No. Yes, Jeff Minter. We got to talk about that guy. We got to have a whole episode about Minter. You, yes,
0: yes. Cause We're going to do that. We're going to get to full... Maybe we should do some uh, some extra little smaller episodes where we talk about... I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I've been... I've The deeper I dig into retro, the more times I run across the same names over and over again, I'm like... Dern, I thought I was just a fan of, you know, these particular games. I'm actually a fan of this particular developer and I never really knew it. Yeah. And, and by the way, I was so. wrong
1: about the dev. It's Dave Thur- Thurrier, but, uh, Dave Thurrier did like Thur- stuff later, like 2000 right. he made and some other stuff. Anyway. Yeah. We got to do that. We got to look at some of these rock stars of early gaming. that got no credit while they rock were doing stars. it though. At the time they yeah. were like left off the box, got paid shit. <laughs> Made the whole game. It's just such a different world now. They're rock stars now. These game devs.
0: Yeah, they are. They're not all named Rockstar, but yeah, they're all yeah they're rock stars. They're rock
1: stars who sometimes publish games at Rockstar.
0: Um, All right, check this out. I really dug deep into System Three, by the way. I don't want I don't want to hold up too long on the International Karate, but I really dug deep into System Three. They still exist. They did International Karate. Their first gig that they did when they announced this. Is pretty interesting story. I'll have to talk about that sometime.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love digging deeper into yeah. that early corporate business. Um, yes. Alright, next game on our list is like a little game I played this week that I thought I was going to like because I just love the idea of it. <laughs> and boy, howdy, does it, is it hard to play. But it's called Impossible Mission from 1984, and it sounds like this. Oh, oh, Stay a while. Oh. Stay oh. Oh, that's familiar, isn't it? That... Sounds very familiar. Yeah. So that's the audio originally used by Rob Gobers when he made the theme for our now defunct game show. Um, Final score. Final score. I could never remember what the name is. Final score, but we also used it on the Boop Show for uh, the longest time. And I never knew the origin of that original clip until I played this game. So that was a
0: nice surprise. More Um, great speech. speech. Synthesis, yeah. boy, that's a tough one for me to come up with. I just uh, love him doing this. Chip. This yep. bit right here, that uh, 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 uh. it's great. I love when he, I love when he eternal falls. When he, I don't know if you, if you uh, experienced any of his falls, but it's just like, Aah!
1: oh yeah, he falls for a like. <laughs> Shoot, I didn't record any though. I should have. That would have been great. <laughs> uh, but the game is uh, basically a little spy dude, and uh, you run into these. The map actually reminded me of a Metroid weirdly. But you run yeah. into these office yeah. buildings and oh. these offices and they have different floors, little elevators to get you places. Uh, you're you're kind of rotos- rotoscope animated. I shouldn't say kind of. You are rotoscope. Yeah, it,
0: yeah, he looks like... Yeah, he's been... Uh, they, they studied... I don't actually think they rotoscoped it, believe it or not. I think they actually animated it based off real animation books oh, but wow. I don't know if they actually rotoscoped them or not but it's That's I I love when he flips. The flipping is the absolute Oh, the flipping best. is the
1: best. Yeah. It's a little unrealistic in terms of how he lands <laughs> and stuff. But you got to avoid these robots who are trying to zap you and kill you. And while they're busy trying to zap you and kill you, you need to try to occasionally grab a computer or a bookshelf or whatever it is and take the shit that's on it. And yeah. the search bar that you use it retains how much you got done the last time you tried. So if you had a yeah, really hard yeah. time doing it because a robot zapper came to get you, you can go back and you know avoid him for a minute and go back and it will pick up in the progress that you were before. I found right. this game effing hard to play, really hard. Like just not hard difficulty, <laughs> hard awkward. Just blah, Just felt like I was barely moving. Is weird.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't. Enjoy this it. is another one of those games where uh, if if you can play it for fifteen minutes. It becomes acclimated to the physics of it. Yeah, it becomes more sensical, and you start figuring stuff out. with this game has random; uh, it loads up random, uh, randomly. I on do the, like that. The different. Yeah. yeah, I like that. So you got it's always a new, fresh take every time you get killed enough times, and you start over again. Yeah. And then, like you said, you got to search the different peers. What you're, you're trying to do is you're try, trying to stop Elvin Atom uh from uh, blowing up the world. He's been, you know, he's been breaking into hacking the computer so you've hacked into his lair and you're trying to search through uh through his stuff to get passwords and uh and pieces of puzzles that you'll eventually have to put together uh which is a pain in the butt i don't know if you didn't make it that far it's almost an impossible mission at that point then when you start getting to the puzzle solving part that's when you realize oh this is an impossible mission
1: yeah Um, and also we're not we're not glossing over the fact that they literally named it impossible mission instead of mission <laughs> yeah, impossible yeah yeah
0: but uh yeah it's it's oh okay look they're doing it here i think they're that they, was just one of the puzzles it's a memory yeah, game um, right yeah so it's, a, matched, it's a memory game it's so a match so, game or whatever it's stupid you do i i do like the this, i i tried to think i'm like was this the first time i had experienced a game that had a interruptible event so i actually had to you know, it wasn't all action. You know, you had to jump around, jump over robots and stuff who were trying to zap you and kill you. You can't touch them. Uh but when you get to the to the you know, to the desk or anything, you, you gotta stop and you gotta search. And there's a there's a there's you know, you got you gotta avoid the robots, but here they come and you're trying to search at the same time. Mm-hmm. Those robots stop, but then you can they can also blast you. But um yeah, I was I was trying to think if that was the first time I experienced that game mechanic or not
1: well it is it's not i don't know when i the first time i played it was this week so i I feel like i (laughs) i can't say but but i've played lots of things since then and looking at how old this is i wouldn't be surprised you know yeah the fact that it's also uh, featured uh, random levels that was huge back then there's no way yeah you know there's no way that was may not have been in the first but it was it was
0: early it felt like a continuation of what we saw with Robotron, right? I yeah. Mean, a little you're still bit. facing robots. You got a little randomization. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, it, I, yeah, I, I really liked it. But I respect again, it.
1: I respect it. I don't there know if you I look. That's it.
0: maybe that's what I should say too. Mm-hmm. I respect it. Because I doubt I'll be going back to play it anytime soon. Um I, I don't know if there's any speed running involved with this one or not. But uh yeah, Impossible Mission, pretty interesting stuff. The best parts though. You need to read the manual. You need to read. You need to go back and read that because it goes deeper into. It mostly goes into our our uh, our bad guy, mm-hmm. uh, Elvin Atombender, and it talks about why he's doing this. Yep. And uh, it gets really interesting. So so like one of the things he he one of the things that kicks him off is when he was younger, he became obsessed with a computer game called Giggling Penguin Invaders from <laughs> Outer Space in the yep. vicinity of Ulcer Minor. Yeah. Uh, Elvin had always hated penguins from Ursa Minor. Uh, it's in the script, man. It's in the script. Yep, uh, I like, like that. So though. Anyway, extended the game, lore.
1: You, these days, you go to Wikipedia for this stuff. Back in the day, they put
0: it in the manual. It's pretty cool. Right, right. Yeah. But the game in that in that fictitious game, the game score counter went up to one hundred billion, and Elvin was determined <laughs> to max it out. Yeah. After playing the game for several days without sleep, he had vaporized enough penguins to pile up nine hundred ninety nine million nine hundred and ninety anyway a lot of points yep one more tuxedo avian and he'd have it elvin shook out his joystick hand a 250 point penguin walked waddled into the screen elvin's eyes eyes lit up he took aim and something's it then he just missed Yo! and so it, then he lost his mind i would have lost my mind yeah that precise moment the power failed the power failed man <laughs> and so he wasn't able to shoot the last penguin so he lost his mind <laughs>
1: You know, how many of us haven't been there? You know what I mean? Right. We've all been there. Um, All right. Who hasn't? It's a cool game. Next on our list is EA's attempt to rip off Nintendo. (laughs) Yes, that's right. A very early Electronic Arts made a game. The first EA
0: game, right? Yeah, I don't know if it was the first. Was it the first? I didn't know that. Yeah, it was one of the first five, and I think it was the most successful, so they always call it the first.
1: Oh, interesting. Well, here's some sound. Oh, my Lord. I'm dead. Yeah, my ears my ears are broken. Now, if you're hearing this and thinking, boy, it sounds like Donkey Kong, and if you saw it, if you're in the chat room and you're watching, you're like, oh, this looks a lot like Donkey Kong. That's because it is a lot like Donkey Kong, and they kind of yeah. stole the concept. They, uh, yeah,
0: they aped this idea from Nintendo, right? I mean, it's not Donkey Kong and the fact that you're trying to Rescue a princess, right, or whatever she is. It's not even a princess, right? It's Miss Miss Pink Bottoms. Miss uh, Miss Pink anyway, Bottoms. Yeah, yeah. Uh <laughs> But yeah. So yeah, you're you're hard hat Mac, and you're working on a construction site, and your the your opponents are essentially OSHA and slackers, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean yeah and osha you gotta, you and gotta, slackers you gotta gird the girders <laughs>
1: that's about right some of the levels require you to collect things some of them require you to uh basically fasten uh metal beams <coughs> and um all of them are very like oh here's a conveyor belt and here's a lift and here's a weird piece of machinery and right try not to die and blah 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 anyway it was, I thought, was the coolest freaking thing. And I played this on my Apple, is where I played it, uh, the Apple II when I was a kid. Um, but, like Brian said, this was on the C64. It showed up in other places. This was never a big mainstream thing. Because, again, if you were going to put this, say,
0: on a console, Nintendo would have sued you. Like, they did many times. I was surprised that they did not. Were they working with EA or something at that point know. in time? I, I need I don't to know. know the history of it. Because, okay, I mean, it's obvious. I mean, but it made sense. It makes it. it, it un, I understand the inspiration. They didn't just make a monkey here, but they did go. Oh, you know, what's kind of cool. That girder structure that was in Donkey Kong really wasn't necessary for Donkey Kong. But hey, wouldn't it be cool if there was a construction guy there? Which I mean, at this point, we didn't know Mario was a plumber, right? We just thought he was a construction guy
1: yeah we didn't know we didn't know anything about him he was called jump man didn't even have a name yeah jump man so Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so i'm like yeah they they took a lot of inspiration but i don't know if i don't know if you could
1: i even look at it now and i get excited because this seemed like magic to me i I can't explain it you know how some old games you just remember them from your childhood and something about them is just like this this represents such a important time for me to go to all the wow factor I was getting out of computers. I was like, what the frick? Really? Like I got to connect my hat to this magnet thing that lift (laughs) me up and take me like, it just seemed so complex and so awesome. I still, I still think of this. It was, it
0: was starting to get into uh storytelling, right? I mean, you were, you had, you had everything working here. It wasn't about everything is moving you know you got you got even though it's a very simple story there's a story there you feel like you're attached to the character you actually feel like you're you you're in the character's place yep. right it's that's, that's what video games eventually became instead of just a bunch of parlor games it became you know something more like something you felt attached to
1: yeah and, and i will say i will say this as someone who just was in awe of this game in the day right uh, I don't like it as much now. I don't think it's as good.
0: Well, it's, it's hard to listen to. And one of the reasons why, I know you've probably heard a lot of these games we've been playing. Uh, this was not a first run on the Commodore 64. This was developed outside the 64, but it was, came pretty quick afterwards. Yep. But it was developed in, with, uh, you know, not SID chip in mind. And so, yeah, it was uh, it was delicious. But I, I tell you, I really love the hard hat Mac uh, cover that it came in it came in like a big old five and a quarter uh, uh, let me see this here disc, disc folder thing that I showed you and it's got all this great you know guys call this great writing about hard hack look there was such an imagination gap uh, for games during the early '80s, that you know you couldn't, st- you you didn't want to stick. Uh, or yeah, these- that's right. I forgot. I forgot about this. Yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, you don't. You didn't want to stick. You didn't want to stick your graphics on the front of the front of the disc because you would realize you're playing some eight bit computers instead of this fantastic thing they were selling you, which was you know, illustrations and photographs and all this other cool stuff that looked really neat. Yeah. Uh, but the packaging from that time always. It makes me laugh. It's a that crack up. Mac was a good
1: one. Yeah, here it is. So the front of it's got like an actual photo of a dude, you know, wrestling with a girder, basically. Yeah, yeah. And on the back, you've got you know Mac, the Vandals, and Os- OSHA, which is yeah OSHA. Yeah, they spell it OSHA, S H, or sorry O S H A. But come
0: on, yeah, we know what that it's, is. It's OSHA. It's OSHA, and it is uh, it is great. They actually got they actually got a they got a lawsuit brought against them.
1: <laughs> they did. Um, by who, yeah, the government
0: or something, or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Hard hack <laughs> Mac, OSHA runs around the game screen, clipboard in hand, trying to squash Mac. Uh, and so a California state senator, Dan McCordadale, something yep. like that, McCordadale, took offense to electronics arts comic portrayal of OSHA as a video villain and dashed off a letter of complaint and uh, it was anti-worker, he says. Yep. And it gave the children playing the video games the wrong idea about their friendly federal government. Six days later, the store pulled the video game.
1: Yeah. Pulled the video game. That was it. Those are the days. By the way, I just wanted yeah. to point you out to the, uh, the actual developer name who worked on this. Those guys that you mentioned.
0: Yes. Ariola Soft. Areola Soft, baby. Areola
1: Soft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great. Nice job.
0: That that whole cover is a little bit cheeky. I think they also they, they talk about uh, hard hat Mac being you know uh, working hard and drinking a beer mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, yep. I guess so. E early EA. Yep. Early do what EA. you want, baby.
1: Yeah. EA early access. A- EA. No, not really. That's not nothing to do with them. All right. No, let's
0: electronic. Play. Uh, well, it wasn't even Electronic Arts. It was Electronics. Electronic Art to janeers art janeers or some bullshit yeah I forget it was still like artisans or something it was
1: it everyone was like, had like terrible like long names back then and then they fixed yeah. them uh, check this out if you remember this
0: uh, play some actual music here
1: or some gameplay
0: that's the ocean
1: yeah there's some ocean uh, this is,
0: let's see if we hear some skating.
1: Yep, here's some skating. Yeah, you were
0: playing hacky sack before, by the way. There was a seagull that showed up.
1: Let's see what's this one. Oh, this is the skating one. <laughs> this this game's full of all kinds of sounds. All right, so the game is uh, uh, Freakin' California Games in 1987. Uh, This was a big deal. It had half pipes, roller skating, surfing, BMX, foot bag, they called it. Foot bag.
0: Hacky sack. Come on. We all called it hacky sack.
1: Yeah. I think they call it foot bag because maybe hacky sack is a brand? I don't actually know. That's so. why
0: I, that's why I figured too, because they also didn't call certain things in other games by their brand. Like they they have Flying Disc instead of Frisbee. Yeah. So I'm assuming that a hacky was a name, but I don't remember. It's been a while since i have done that. Uh, but the Flying Disc was offensively included uh to to in roller skating uh to attract the lady gamers. <laughs> yeah,
1: because that's that's the one <laughs> thing we need to do is make sure we attract those lady gamers. That's
0: what, they, that's what all the all the stuff I I've, I've read about said. That's what they were they were thinking. It's great that we were in, make sure that we didn't like cut out part of your possible sales. Hmm. But the fact that they felt like those were two of the feminine sports. I knew plenty of girls that played hacky sack and skated and yeah. surfed and everything else. I don't know why they felt like They just need to apply, disc. they need to
1: appeal to girls who play video games just like everyone else does. So make it appeal <laughs> to gamers, because girls everybody. are gamers, assholes. Yeah, Anyway, gamers. Look at this guy. Look at him kicking that, that ball bag or whatever they call What's it called it's on that ball bag? Yes,
0: it's his ball bag. Uh, I, we always bag. called it hacky sacks. So they call it foot bag here. Which I think is probably the pretty sure general term for it. Brand. This was my this is the reason why I played this more than anything. I loved playing the foot bag and the half pipe were my two favorites. I didn't really care about many of the other games, but um yeah, the foot bag was a lot of fun. You would you would uh, you just basically just, uh, slowly move around, kick the kick the bag with your foot, and then or hit it with your head, and then you can turn around and get some points, you can do these little cross kicks and stuff uh I always picked ocean Pacific. I noticed whoever played this I went with their ocean pacific as their as their team mm. you could uh early in the game you could pick uh you could pick a sponsor i suppose you also could pick pick two players no that's true now, this yeah. is one of the this yeah. is one of the few two player games I had uh back in the day and uh it was a lot of fun it meant you uh, had to have two, two eighty dollar controllers at the time but yeah right i we took turns you could i don't think i well some of them i think I think some of you took turns and some of you play at the same time. I on think my
1: ma- the, the on the, this may was, have been uh, the Apple IIe, but the Apple IIe had two ports, two serial ports, and you could do oh yeah two yeah. controllers. And I remember there was no way my dad was ever going to do it. He was he wouldn't barely <laughs> let us touch the one.
0: He's like, I'm <laughs> not letting you tell you. you you're going to break them, boy. How can we how can we get a second one? What, am I made out of money?
1: That's right. Uh, real quick, I checked on the Hacky Sack name. It is a yeah. brand of football popular in the 1970s, currently owned by Whammo, which has since become a generic
0: trademark, so you can use it now. Oh, but back then you
1: couldn't. Not in the 80s. It was a
0: brand. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't use it. So uh but you did have (laughs) like brand supported stuff like Opie and that kind of stuff. So that's Ocean Pacific. That's that's kind of (laughs) cool.
1: One of these somebody they almost called it dirt bag. That's awesome. Dirt
0: bag. It is kind of a dirt bag. You always drop it and it gets dirt all over it. Dirt bag.
1: Um I actually have to say, I think the surfing was fun.
0: I enjoyed that. Well, the surfing was a lot of fun. Um I like California games because it wasn't as joystick wrecking as the some of the other games like summer games and winter games yeah. especially summer games do you ever do cycling in summer games oh, yeah
1: summer games will kill you it's like playing your uh, dad uh, would
0: lose his shit like track and field <laughs> because it's it's all about doing the circle motion with your controller and I don't know what kind of controller you had. A lot of controllers at that time had like little sushing cups. You could do you put have on the little? The show
1: that one up on screen for those who can't see it here. Oh yeah, yeah. This, this, is, is, this uh, is so that's I the mean. one that comes with the mini, right? That's what they. Yeah, had this is the
0: one that comes with the mini, and it's, it's similar to the one that you could get uh, for the commerce. I always, but I had another one too. It was like a ugly red stripe thing that cool. was like palm. You gripped it with your palm, and the stick was a lot smaller. I can't remember who made it. Do you have paddles as Um, well
1: for like paddle games?
0: I never, I never did paddles very much. I did have paddles for the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, but I don't think I ever used paddles uh, once I got to the Commodore Sixty Four. I can't think of any paddle games I played.
1: We had paddles Um, and joysticks, and we don't know why my dad bought them. Either way,
0: yeah, probably probably the same reason. It's like probably because you know when you had the Atari and stuff, the early stuff did have paddles. A lot of you know a lot of arcade games and a lot of uh, a lot of early games was the spinner controls and stuff that you would. Uh Used for centipede and different games that would require the spinning, but yeah, I don't know. That might have been pretty cool though, because you could have done. um I do remember playing some tennis games and things with that, but I don't remember playing on the Commodore sixty four. But it might have been well, might have been good mm. for some of these epics games. By the way, those names, epics, EA meant nothing to me at that point in time. It was later in the uh, like, you know, like the nineties that I really started getting into Electronic Arts. Maybe yeah, the late no one cares, but yeah. That was really about the Epics games. Oh mm-hmm. my god! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was so big into those games. All those sports games they were they,
1: they did amazing stuff. I agree. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, they like you mentioned earlier, they did one called Winter Games. Since they, oh Canada, uh, since they couldn't <laughs> use um, music like Olympic music, official Olympic music yeah. from from the eighty four Olympics or any other time around then. Yeah. <laughs> started they used the Canadian anthem for when he lit the torch I think that's amazing that, uh, but you could choose your amazing. country and you can hear different anthems and stuff but for some reason the the torch lighting which was universal was always the Canadian national
0: anthem yeah um, I I never understood that but I I, I dig it I weird. like uh oh I, I like the winter games so of course summer games was first yeah and uh I I remember playing a good bit of that but then like I said I kind of went over to California games Summer games, uh, like I said, the cycling thing. I just I can't I, I can't even tell you how many times I've those the worst controllers. It was the that worst. Thing,
1: that I game biggest. wanted to be um, uh, what's Nintendo's uh, Dur- uh, Excite Bike?
0: It wanted to be that. Oh, Excite Bike, yeah. But it wasn't. That. it wasn't as good as that, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. it's not my favorite. It's originally, I did when I was digging through the history of some of these things. I did like the fact that the first summer games, which is the first one that was released in 1984. Uh, it was the originally, it was prototyping. It was called, uh, sweat. Yeah. And sweat. it had a lot of the things to it too. Yeah. I'm surprised that they thought they were going to sell a game called sweat. I just didn't see that. I mean, <sighs> sweat. Can you imagine? When did, when, when was Jane Fonda dancing to the oldies or was that, uh, the other guy? Who she, was, she's doing <laughs> who that. Was she's doing that now. I
1: think she's still doing it. Uh, no, she, right, you're right. She, is she, an oldie. she was doing, Well, she was doing the Jane Fonda workout in the '80s, but so was Richard—not Richard Nixon. uh, Richard Simmons.
0: No, the Richard Simmons.
1: Yeah, Simmons was also doing. I was was, dancing
0: to the oldies.
1: He was dancing to the fatties, or what was the name of it? (laughs) (laughs) It's not dancing to the fatties. What is it? Maybe it is is dancing to the oldies. I don't
0: know. I know what it was called, Dancing with the Oldies. I don't I know remember, that but that I'm was the sure. thing. Sweating to the oldies, Santa says. That was it. Sweating, sweating to the to, oldies. It was that's sweating it. with an N and an apostrophe, I think. There you go. I guess sweating was the thing. Sweating that's the reason why I said sweat, you. and then I said sweating to the oldies. Ah, yeah, whatever.
1: sweating to the fatties. Uh, that's the one I
0: want. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, anyway, it, it was uh, good. I, this is the one I liked the most. I liked the, the Winter Games. Uh, for whatever reason, I found the events more fun. Uh, I thought this was a cool game. It also just seemed graphically like way
0: more. stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, I mean, look where you live. I mean, you probably like the winter stuff. I I do
1: have winter over here. Hell, we had the Olympics here once and actually made money, which no one does. It's just crazy. Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 1984. That was, uh, that was when we were doing the Olympics. And so they made a, Epic's made a good little, uh, good little bit of money from all that.
1: That's right. LA Olympics in 84. And then when was the, the 88s were, uh, who was that? Japan Nagano, I think Japan? I I think you're right. I forget. Uh, Anyway, so there's that. Now let's talk about the weirdest one on here. Not the weirdest. (laughs) It's pretty weird, though. Um, But also, in some ways, this thing was breaking ground. And we'll talk about it. So here's some sound of that. As you can tell, licensing music was a pain. So what did they do? They just used free classical music in games back then.
0: That's what you do.
1: Here's some typing. Here he is on a piano. You're saying to yourselves, what's this game? Well, it's a little game called Little Computer People.
0: Yes. 1985. people who know, really know. And people who never heard of it are like, what?
1: Yeah. What's that? It's, uh, I got to say, I absolutely love the character design in this game. It is the goofiest, (laughs) dumbest looking characters in a great way. Like, I actually really think they pulled off something here with, like, simple graphics and animation. That are that I don't see in other games. First of all, there's more frames of
0: animation going on. Then look at that dog and that guy. Look at that. They're adorable. Isn't that? Uh, if you haven't seen Little Computer People, oh my god, it was called House on a Disc because essentially the idea was that on a disc, of five and a quarter or five and a half, uh, you would stick that into your your to your ROM there to your uh, CD. Uh, no, what am I thinking of? Your disc. Your disc hole. <laughs> I was tr- I was trying to read at the same time. Uh, so anyway, House on a Disc uh you would, your, your the idea was there was a little person inside everybody's computer yeah. and it would be randomly generated so everybody got a different uh, little character I, I think it was per disk i don't know if there was some kind of random seed or something but anyway that's what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. uh and you basically take care of this little guy by feeding him uh and it runs on a real time clock so you set the clock right away when you start the game and I think they stole his little house i think they stole sims and from this, I yeah, I, this is definitely like one of the first, you know, people simulation for sure, uh, that I'd ever seen. Uh, so and but you get you got you do these little commands. The prompt command is to ask him, please. So you can ask uh, your character to please write you a letter. And if he's in a good mood, he will not like, go to his computer, He'll yeah, type you out a little letter. And uh, you can feed him, you can feed the dog. And uh, I don't think anybody dies. No, no um, doubts, but think. yeah, so you just can, yeah, you can do stuff. You can, you can type, it looks you, like you
1: can do book. Yeah, you can type book. He'll take a book. He'll sit down and he'll read his book. Um, you can yes. say eat and he'll go eat, which you need to do because he, he'll get too hungry if you don't, I don't think he dies, but you know, it's like that. Uh, if you yeah. want him to take a bath, I'm pretty sure you can type bath and he'll take a bath. So it's just this like living world in a disc, which must've been mind blowing at the time. Um, I was. didn't play this, but
0: this must have just blown people's minds. Like, oh my gosh, yeah. can you believe what, we're, what I mean, we're doing with games? You would start. You would start in the morning time before you go to school, mm-hmm. and you could just let this thing run all day. And yeah. you would just walk around your computer. Your dad would have a stroke, turn this off. You're trying to run the power bill up. Yep. Um, it's you're burning. You're using up the CPU cycles. Yep. Uh, That's what your dad would, you would
1: say. My dad would definitely say that, 100. percent <laughs> that would be the words out of his mouth it's like tamagashi gotchi, but you know on a disc and a computer had
0: to run it kind of yeah computer had to run it it would just you know load in memory and it, would, it would just it just run all day and you'd come home and he'd, he'd be watching some tv maybe he's maybe he's getting hungry but he answers the phone oh my god when he answers the phone he's so annoying because he's got that he's got that oh you know we we like the sims mumbles those all are pretty uh okay and to the ear Simlish but man, yeah, Simlish, yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the, the, not here though. This guy, he gets on the phone and it's like, raw, 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 raw. It's, it's, yeah. Oh my god, it's the worst. <laughs> but I, I also love it too. I also love it
1: as uh, well. I just think the character design is it. great. I'd love to see a modern take on this with that, just let you know, even a mobile game yeah. or something where you, yeah. you, you just make all these ideas modern, but also just barely update the design. You don't need to do much. Like, yeah. I actually yeah. think this stuff is great, uh, folks. At home, you can't tell him to go rub his nub in the in the tub. Okay, you can't do that. <laughs> rub
0: his nub in the tub. Yeah, or stare three out a window. And a, three men and in a, a tub, a rub. rubbing their nub. Right, it's no good. But do you pump. know do you, do you know why this looks so cute? You know why, why it looks so good? Why? David Crane. David Pitfall.
1: Crane. He did it.
0: Let me let me tell you about a man who can take an eight bit computer or console <laughs> and just make something that is just fantastic. I mean, his style for characters. Oh yeah, is just characters and scale just freaking amazing. Now, He's just he is amazing. I, there's no doubt about it. We got to do a whole thing. Yeah, on that guy, whole retro We got to because there's one last game. I don't know if we're gonna have a chance to talk about it or not. You're gonna talk about
1: it. Uh, I am. But before we do that, I wanted you to hear this sound. I forgot to play in Winter Games. It's the sound of you flying oh, yeah. off on a ski jump, and I, we yeah. think it's great. We played a pre-show, but here it is. <laughs> Every sound there makes sense. So, say, so I'll do it in parts. Here we go. Yeah. Wait. Whoops. Sorry. Okay, sliding off, jumping and spinning that little whee! very cartoony, yep. but it's, you understand. Then you get on the back end this sound that makes sense. You've landed in the snow. What yeah, the yeah. what the f is this? What the f is that? Is that the breaking? He farted or something?
0: <laughs> don't know what he did. I guess you'd fart too. I don't know. I man. would like, fart if I was that high up. I in don't know air. how to. Yeah. yeah. Don't stop me from farting. I'm gonna do it. I mean you don't, you want to hold in your farts because that'll make you the lightest, right? <laughs> That's right. Now, once you land, it's like, well, I gotta get rid of this.
1: Now this is important stuff. This game I remember at my friend's house. I was so jealous. I don't think they had it on my Apple IIE. I don't think I no
0: had it. everybody had it though.
1: Yeah, everyone had this. Here it is. It's Check huge it game.
0: out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what the frick, dude? laugh why is it's it even in there why is that laugh in there like what is the point anyway listen to this music this is great it's awesome it is great so there you go here's some gameplay it's just running around catching ghosts oh i should play some uh... <laughs> hold on <laughs> yeah yeah and look you start out Speaking in a car a yeah you start in a david car look at, that. look at this out here was oh, this more david crane business yeah
0: this is more david crane business every time i hit something i was like holy crap david crane did that too
1: he's a c64 genius this guy yeah yeah imagine being imagine getting to make a game about this incredibly popular eternally wonderfully thought of movie ghostbusters yeah. that's that's awesome yeah. What a cool thing! It is awesome. But you drive yeah. in your car. You go to different jobs. You catch ghosts in those jobs. They give you points, and you earn money. They didn't just
0: give you points. You, get you cash. started out with you got to buy stuff, and you have yep. a bank. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's that was the that was the cool thing about this game. It was kind of unheard of. You started out with bank, and you you kept you could save with passwords that would uh, keep track of your bank amount because you needed that bank because you had a, You're operating a business. You're operating a Ghostbusters business. Yep. And it takes some money. It takes money
1: to be a Ghostbuster. That's true. Yeah. Who's going to pay the rent on your uh, previously a firehouse?
0: You know? No. Zool? No. Azul? He's not going to pay for it. Exactly. No.
1: One thing I wanted to mention, this is a, another Activision joint. As you can see, chat room at the bottom, their freaking fat logo out where everybody can see it.
0: That's right. David Crane and Activision, baby, bringing
1: another hit yeah. to your computer. Bringing a hit. Now. I'll always cherish this.
0: I'm never letting that go. <laughs> I love that it. it's so it's so maniacal. It's I so love good. It. Yep, it wins
1: the X Chicken Award. X Chicken. Yeah. I think we should have a voice award on the show for the best. It'll be called the X Chicken, and there it's whenever there's voice work that's just insanely great. I think this week we have two good ones like this. <laughs> and <laughs> <in> this <Ghostbusters! laughs> yeah, I love it that's so bad anyway.
0: it is so good god I'm so glad we did the Commodore 64 because it has such great sound man I, I have forgotten how fantastic
1: yep. Commodore 64 it is, is. a it great is. device the minis are awesome I have Brian to thank yeah. for sending me one of his. I don't know. Yes. How'd you end up with two? I don't remember what the deal was.
0: Why'd you have two? Uh, I was sending an extra one.
1: Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So I ended up yeah. with this extra one and I really like it. Um uh they're fun to emulate as well. If you uh, I've been doing it on the Steam Deck, that's where I played all these. Yes. I didn't play them on the mini. I should have. That's what you did, right? I
0: play I pl- I did a little bit of the mini. Um, so most games are on is, there, I don't think. Like, right. hard hat yeah, Max not, not Most of the, the mini. games are not on it. There's 64 games, and it's none of these, I think, except for Impossible Mission. Yeah. Um, Turkin definitely was not on there, but or maybe it is. Uh, anyway, you can load those <laughs> up from just uh just you can load those up from uh from a USB drive, it's real easy. You don't have to hack it or anything. So, but that was that was pretty cool. But I decided I wanted to get a little better experience. Uh, so i loaded it up on my mr fpga oh. and i played most of them there and it was quite the good experience i gotta say i did learn something yeah. um all these emulators i forgot that a lots of times you would put you would put your controller in port 2 on the commodore uh that's and so true a lot yeah. of times i would go to play something i'm like it's not working it's because i need to swap joysticks so if you're doing an emulation out there and you can't get it to function correctly with the joystick. You probably need uh, to swap the joystick. Just yep. a little tip. If you're for having trouble. Simulators out there. There you go. Yep. Nailed yeah.
1: it. Uh, excellent. And a lot of the stuff's on archive.org, by the way, if you're looking for ROMs tons
0: of it is because there's over, like, I think over 10,000 games that were developed for the Commodore 64. You better bet a lot of those things are abandonware or just donated to the community of, yeah. of or- wonderful users. Yeah,
1: 99.9% garbage, by the way. A lot of it's bad. Yeah, but that's because you know,
0: there was that's because we're not we're not we've done a lot of console stuff that has its own uh, licensing things. Yeah. This is developing for a computer and there's not no light. There's no license there. You just develop for the computer and you freaking sell it. And, you know, this. this is how you do it, man. Yeah, like Brian says, it, there's man.
1: there's not no licensing. There's
0: not no licensing, man, and everybody had a a point of entry. The Commodore 64 was designed uh, for the masses and not the classes, so anybody could program a game in BASIC wouldn't be the best, but you could. Uh, And a lot of my gaming was done uh, thanks to a lot of great game developers out there submitting their games to magazines, and I did a lot of coding, uh, transcoding over... uh, code to play games.
1: That's a awesome. Lot. That's awesome. My friend made games yeah. on his, uh, I made some on my Apple too. I made an adventure game that no one will ever see. Right. Uh, it was fun. Programming in basic was fun. Yeah. But
0: there's... the thing is there was so much of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. There's a lot of trash out there, but there's a lot of great stuff as well. And it's actually, people are still even in 2022 are making Commodore 64 games with the many things we've learned about game mechanics still using that original hardware and making some pretty neat games.
1: Yeah. I need to check more of that homebrew stuff because
0: I love that. Big fan. Yeah. And there's a huge, there is a huge number of people who are fans of the SID chip, style music and people are still making music with it yeah i gotta look some of that up too i should have prepped some of that. there's a huge scene out there for all this stuff
1: all right well that is all well and good but today we have to test our memories and guess our game destroy it (laughs) we play a little audio to each other and we try to guess what game we picked i'm going to start this week and i will tell you a couple of hints that'll help the year was 1994 brian
0: no, 1994.
1: The consoles were the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, the Genesis from Sega, and the Sega CD.
0: Oh, it made it to the CD. It must have some good music because we got the SNES with one of the best sound chips out there at the time. Yeah. Genesis was crap, but the Sega CD might have helped it.
1: It might have, but I only got audio for the SNES version, which is the version there I played. Uh, so anyway, it might be obvious. So I'm going to play it. And we'll see if you can figure it out. Enjoy.
0: What? Excellent.
1: Excellent.
0: Awesome. Legendary. <laughs> Legendary. We're yeah, definitely look. pulling some kind of moves. Since 1994,
1: real cool radical Rick. Radical He's a rad, he's this- a rad. He's my real cool radical wreck. Radical wreck. He's a rad, he's a rad. He's my real cool radical wreck. He's my real cool radical wreck.
0: Is it it Radical Rex? (laughs)
1: 100% it is Radical Rex. I told you to give it away. They literally sing it.
0: Yeah, the guy literally says it like 12 times. I was hoping you wouldn't get it. Radical Rex.
1: It's so bad. Uh, It's one of those 90s things where they just thought the word radical needed to be everywhere. It was just stupid. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, I love that. That is awesome. I haven't thought about that for like, uh, what what year was it? 1993? Yeah, 94, I believe. 94? 94, 94, yeah. yeah.
1: And this was, uh, uh, it did okay. It was a fun little side-scrolling, pretty well-animated platformer thing. And you were this cool, radical little dinosaur guy who occasionally would get a skateboard and do like Sonic-style moves and then be real fast on screen. And then other times you were just jumping and hopping and kind of being normal. Um, this is all right. This is an okay game for what it was like at the, the time.
0: She like called him a cool dinosaur when obviously his name is Radical Rex. Yeah, it's Radical Rex. The, yeah, he's the, obviously radical.
1: There's the T Rex, there's the Radical Rex, and then the Carnosaur.
0: Uh, those are the three dinosaurs. Oh that my matter. God. That's I, God, I had, like I said, I thought about that in like about as long as I haven't thought about the game that you're going to guess from me.
1: Yeah, it's an old poopy one, but fun. It's okay. It's an okay game. I just think that the the adherence to like radical
0: man is just a little much. It's a little much. All right, Brian, I'm going to play yours. I I love games that embraced that because now they have a place in history. Yeah. Even if it's stupid, I can still kind of go, hey, remember when radical was a cool word.
1: Yeah, that's true. But no one (laughs) does it now. I say rad all the time and it's not the same. Yeah. No. It's not uh, all right, let's guess. Guess yours. Give me your year and your whatnot here. What do I got?
0: In front uh, of it, it originally uh, released in 1993 for the SNES, and then the following year uh, we got it on the Sega Genesis in 1994. Mm. Um, let's see. Da, 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 do I, da, da, da. Um, How about this? It's a parody game.
1: Oh shit! Okay, I have no idea what this is. Let me hit play. We'll see what we get. shoplifter just kidding
0: nailed it <laughs> okay
1: oh my gosh it could be anything ladies Get and a gentlemen bit. here are the combatants for this blue suede blue. goo versus helga oh mama okay blue suede goo versus Zelda oh, her, Hel- helga oh mama Am I hearing Elvis? Hey, wash your hair, man? Here, wash your hair, man? Oh, oh. I it's love
0: obviously it. obviously a fighting game. Um,
1: what would this have been, though? what's your
0: hair, man? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. Um. Parody game 1983, Sega genesis. I think I played this on the SNES. I want to say, oh, oh
1: um, of. uh, oh, it's the a one parody that's parody uh,
0: of Street Fighter. Does that tell you anything?
1: No, but I, um, were they was it the when everything looked like clay? What was that called? Yes,
0: uh, that's a good question. Uh, they were like clay. What, uh, what was And it was a parody called? of Street. Fighters. Street, Street Fighter. Fighter? Yes. Why are
1: you saying it? Oh, oh Clay Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> Clay Fighter. All right. I knew that. Clay Fighter. Yeah, Clay Fighter had all Street kinds Clay. of stuff in there.
0: Elvis-looking dude yeah. and all that. Elvis and Helga. She was a Viking uh, lass. Yeah, Viking so lass, was, a young Viking
1: lass. Yeah. Oh, Chat Room had you it know. a bunch. Look at all you guys with your Clay fighters. Oh, yeah.
0: Look at this. They did. Yeah, nicely done. I
1: think Tondragosa got your first... Uh, Got your first pull there. Um, I knew I'd get to it. It I could not remember the two words being together. Clay fighter.
0: Mm. Clay fighter. There was some kind of
1: fighter with clay in it. I don't know. What would that name be? All right. Well done. That was fun. Now this. Welcome to the treasure room. It's time for your emails. Playretroshow at gmail.com is the email address to use. We got one here from many. From many. Thanks. From Mike. (laughs)
0: For many things. <laughs> he usually, normally you put your thing in the, I don't know, it's weird. Yeah, I love it. It's kind of uh, like when I worked at Blockbuster and they used to say, I'm looking for that movie, Two Thumbs Up. Two Thumbs oh, Up. No. You
1: got Two Thumbs Up?
0: That'd be great. Good two Thumbs Up. Not War- the review, dummy.
1: Yeah, no kidding. All right, so this is Mike from Warwick, UK. And he oh, says, Warwick. hi, Scott and Brian. Firstly, absolutely love the show. I found it fascinating learning yeah. of some uh, some of the retro gaming and reliving my own retro favorites. Uh, he spells favorites with a U, which means he is definitely there you British. you yep. Definitely UK. 100%. So, as I took Scott's advice from last week's show and purchased Horizon Chase Turbo on the Switch. And it also happened to be on sale. It was actually was good timing because it did go on sale. It immediately reminded me of the game I ever bought for my first NES or bought first for my NES, which was Top Gear. I recently played Top Ooh. Gear, funny enough because Brian and I's next the uh, next episode might have so a little something to do. Be coming up with mm. <laughs> anyway, the more I played it, the more it reminded me of racing games from the Super Nintendo, uh, the playing, and then, sorry, then playing the Chili Campaign, I heard the soundtrack, which sounded exactly like the music oh, in Top Gear. Would be interesting to know if the developers of this had anything to do with the Top Gear series, and would be interesting to know your thoughts on how similar they were. Many thanks, Mike. Well, Mike, I know for a fact the devs of that game, which just had its seventh year anniversary, So it's it's becoming kind of retro in its own way. Uh, Sure doesn't look like it, though. It looks like it just got made. Um, They they have stated many, many times that their inspirations were things like OutRun, Top Gear, and a ton of other titles. So that's what they're trying to do here. Um, So you're not wrong to feel that inspiration. I don't think any of them had anything directly to do with those games, but they're definitely inspired by it. Uh, The other thing I wanted to say about it is this game that we're talking about here on the Switch, PC xbox playstation uh phone it's everywhere uh it's called horizon chase turbo and for their seven-year anniversary they added a whole new mode to the thing uh which is like a whole ton of extra content so this is a great time to get it and i think it's still on sale everywhere for like five bucks or something dumb yeah y'all should get it it's great it's great if you like
0: retro racers like that i mean this this has got the spirit
1: and this thing plays so good on the on the freaking Steam Deck. I can't say enough about that as a Steam Deck game. It's so good on there. Anyway, so if you want some retro with some new coat of paint, look no further than Horizon Chase Turbo. Okay? Okay. Do it. Play Retro Show at gmail.com. You. Thank with that you, email. many thanks. Yes, thank oh, you, oh, many oh. thanks. Whoops, thanks, many thanks. You're the manyest thanks we've ever had on the show. <laughs> Mike. We appreciate it, Mike. Uh, our next discussion will be arcade racing outrun ridge racer daytona sega rally rush california rush, california rush baby ooh, uh, all those rush. games remember all those we do too and we love them so we're going to talk about them maybe a little we'll, we'll veer into the console ports and stuff a little uh, bit get it, but you, get a veer,
0: you get a steer into the conversation ah, i see what you did
1: i see what you did uh ridge racer 4 for the ps1 hell of a game it's based on the arcade game and it's great too uh if you wanna or no, wait, was it Ridge Racer 4? Yeah, Ridge Racer 4 r f R4 was on the Earth console. I don't remember now, but I remember thinking R4, yeah. I remember yeah. thinking, man, this is like direct like arcade port. This is so good. It's just like yes. it is in the arcade. Anyway, we're gonna talk about yeah, those the, racing yeah, games.
0: R R4 is definitely it was uh, I think it's actually on our PlayStation minis. And that's a good time for us to give away this Playstation next week. Oh, on let's, do PlayStation Mini. let's do it. Let's do it.
1: Uh how should we mm-hmm? Hmm. We got to think about this. You know what it is? Here's what we'll do. You want a PlayStation Mini? Good. We got one for you. How do you enter? You're a patron. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on Patreon can... Or- now, the reason I'm saying this is you've got a Mini to give away there, right? Right, right. I have I a do. Mini to give away here. So oh, we- look at this. I know. So we're going to have two Minis to give away. First, we'll do yours, and that will be a Patreon contest. Okay. The one after that, General Public. All right. So one minute Perfect. to the patrons, one minute to the public. Bim, bam, boom. Bob's your uncle. All right. Bam, How about that? bam. Who's Bob? My I don't uncle. know who Bob is. Or my, uh, is my uncle. I did have an uncle, Bob actually. Oh. Yeah. People always said, Bob's your uncle. I'm like, I know. I
0: know. <laughs> I'm know. i aware. I know of it. he has no arms and legs. And when he goes into the lake, he, uh, his name is Bob.
1: <laughs> the nice thing about doing on on Patreon is it's obviously a more limited group of people. Therefore, they have a higher chance of winning. And we'll definitely give somebody one there. And then the other Plus, one will it's open an easy up easy contest. <laughs> yeah, it's an easy contest. We just go pick one of you. How about that? Um, the other one, we'll, we'll launch it next week. And we'll tell you the rules uh, when we do. So watch you for go. that. It's Ridge Racer, Daytona USA, Sega Rally, Rush, and most importantly, I think, OutRun. All of these will be on discussion yeah. next week. If you were looking for pole position... Look somewhere else. That game is old and hard to play, and I don't like it. Okay?
0: I. It is very hard to play. Not saying we won't eventually get to a pole position, only if we're going to cover the cartoon as well. Oh, we have to dude that cartoon. Yeah, so that's good stuff. Good and bad. Anyway,
1: that'll be next week right here on the show. In the meantime, uh, we get patrons uh, sign up all the time, and one of them this week, well, three of them actually, Seb oolong brothers and sensei yeah sensei all now qualify up. for yep. this
0: playstation mini
1: yep they're all qualified now will you be well if you go sign up today you can be patreon.com slash play retro that's play or patreon.com slash play retro you'll never get a commercial pre-show content every week monthly benefits you only get by signing up no reason not to patreon.com slash play Retro. play retro show at gmail.com is our email address send us your feedback we'd love it play retro show on twitter and for everything else it's at frogpants.com slash play retro that's gonna do it for us hey brian anything else you'd like to say before we go
0: stay a while stay, stay a while
1: and listen forever no and oh i'm sorry I was not we're not doing uh what's his beak okay we're not doing it's it's nothing to do with deckard Kane, okay <laughs> He had nothing to do with that intro. All right, that's it. Thank you all. Go play something retro. We'll see you next week. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.